A sound voice with Digico. Hello and welcome to the Headliner Radio podcast. Today I'm joined by Christopher Lee. He's a monitor engineer for Kendrick Lamar and he's also mixed monitors for Jennifer Lopez, Scissor and uh, many more. Chris, how's it going, man? It's doing pretty good. Pretty good. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. It's, uh, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, where are you based at the moment? You're on the, you're on the West Coast, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm based in Los Angeles, born and raised Los Angeles. So cool. sunshine, even though it's cold right now, it's still sunny outside. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, how have things been for you recently? Obviously, it's been a, a strange year for, for everyone, really. Obviously, with the suspension of live gigs and, and tours this year, have you kind of been managing to, to keep busy? Yeah, I've, I've actually been pretty good. Um, I'm thankful and blessed, you know, to be able to say that I've actually been pretty busy during COVID and the lockdown. Cool. Um, yeah, my last show was like March, official official show with like a, you know, audience on that at festival was like March 7th. But sure. after April, it, it picked back up and things have been steady. And then since August, it's been a roller coaster just nonstop. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's cool because obviously, like I said, it's it's um, a lot of guys have been struggling, especially on the live side, uh, missing being out on the road and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's great that you've been managing to kind of stay productive, stay engaged, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, so what what have you been doing then? Um, obviously, you said March was the last sort of was that the last gig with a with a full audience then. Yeah, Imagine. full audience. Yeah, it was Cross Festival down in San Diego. Okay. That was the last festival. And after that, everything started getting canceled, all my shows. Mm, so, mm. Uh, and then March, April was pretty quiet. And then um, I got back into like the church game. A lot of churches, you know, were needing people like, hey, you're home. I'm like, yeah, I am home. <laughs> you know, can you come by and stop by? So that kept me really busy. Okay. Uh, and then I had a couple of artists that did a lot of in-home things. So it was going and setting up a system for them and their house, you know, so they can do all kinds of like little televised things they were doing from home. And then um, back in say about August, September is when these live streaming things really picked up for artists doing on, you know, the sound stages and September, I think was right around the time when uh, like the late night shows and the early morning shows came back. And so, a lot of the artists were filming from these sound stages and then, you know, they broadcast their performance on the shows. So sure. Yeah. That just went ballistic and that's where we are right now. Cool. Cool. Well, what's it like compared to obviously being in a huge venue, <laughs> um, mixing from, I guess, from home or from wherever you're, from your, wherever you're doing monitors? Like, yeah, no, it's, it's been good. I mean, it's, it's good to see, you know, colleagues and, you know, people that you've toured with in these situations. We're actually going into venues. So a lot of these okay. um, sound stages have created these warehouses, you know, with full LED wall and lights and, you know, you bring in your gear and set up. So it's kind of like doing like a TV show every day. Um, okay. You get poked in the nose every day, you know, with COVID tests, you know, and <laughs> constantly having people take your temperature all day long. Yeah. Besides that, you know, it's 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 good. It's definitely not the same. It's definitely not the same. But I am thankful to be working and being out there and, you know, actually interacting with people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I've, the more people I've been speaking to recently, actually, um, in the music game, it's they seem to have got into a quite a good routine with, you know, testing regularly, mm-hmm. making sure everyone's safe um, and just mm-hmm. easing everyone back into that world, which is um, 
which is great. Uh, yeah, it's it's been good. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> you have these guys, you know, the COVID officers that are definitely very zealous about their positions. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we we just got tested, you know, this morning, you took my temperature twice, you know, <laughs> you've made us a pod, you know, we're, we have to talk yeah. and communicate within this space yeah. or else we can't get our job done. It's but, like the COVID police. You know, yeah. yeah, the COVID police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these guys are really, really excited about what they're doing, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're definitely on it because sometimes, you know, you can't get uh, relax and forget, you know, we are in the middle of a situation where, you know, people are passing away and getting sick. So it's like, okay, yep. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. remember you wipe down sanitized. <laughs> yeah. You just go with it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, was working in uh, live sound something you kind of always knew you wanted to do, Chris? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to kind of grow up in live sound. Um, I started off in church and I went to a really progressive church that, you know, was fortunate to have touring engineers that were actually members of the congregation. Oh, and wow. Okay. Yeah. We had a very elaborate setup, you know, at a young age. So at like eight, eight, eight years old, I'm wrapping cables, I'm cleaning microphones, I'm, you know, labeling things, I'm learning about all kinds of things as far as audio is concerned in church. And that's kind of where I got my start. And I knew from there, I was like, I want to do this. You know, this is mm. what I really want to do. You know, it started with taking apart the family home stereo and <laughs> fixing speakers and doing things like that. And I was like, hey, this is what I really want to do. So, yeah, you know, from a yeah. young age. Kind of thrown in at the deep end then with the whole church game, like, but something that you picked up as you went along, I suppose, and just learned sort of on the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they say if you can mix in church, you can mix anywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had some pretty prominent musicians. Sheila E. was a member of the church, okay. and she played. And okay. A lot of, you know, big-time musicians would come and play at the church. So it was um, it was a great schooling, you know, at a young age to learn the ins and outs and then to have amazing mentors who were, you know, touring engineers to be able to shadow them and go to local, you know, events at the Hollywood Bowl and the Greek Theater and concerts and then you know, be able to see exactly what the world is like. And I knew exactly from there, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. When, when was it that you kind of got your first, like, I suppose, big break in, in working audio? Um, when you kind of the moment when you felt like, right, this is really taking off and kind of led you on to working with names like Kendrick, etc. Yeah, I think, uh, let's see. It's probably like early 2000s, probably like 2004. Mm. You know, I started working a lot at um, some of these live venues um, in Los Angeles. And, you know, you work for a sound company and you're mixing and, you know, they don't have an engineer. And they say, hey, you know, you want to <laughs> go ahead and mix? It's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, and from there, it led on to people going, hey, what are you doing for the next, you know, couple of weeks, next month or so? You know, so that was kind of like my induction into that, doing um, uh, venue work at like, you know, the Universal Amphitheater, the Greek Theater, the Hollywood Bowl and the yeah. Forum nice yeah yeah the work just comes thick and fast when people know you're available and then they're just like booking you in <laughs> exactly week, yeah. exactly exactly the church game also helped too because a lot of musicians that play in church you know play for you know prominent artists and you mix in church and people are happy what you're doing it's like hey man you know let's give chris a shot and see if you can you know come out here and mix this so uh, a lot of that happened as well in the early stages of my career cool cool yeah. and how long have you been working with uh kendrick lamar you mix monitors for him on his uh, tours how did that come about 
It actually came about as a call from a friend of mine, a good, good colleague of mine that I've mixed with on numerous shows, Kyle Hamilton. And that was in 2000, 2014. So it's been okay. six years, going on seven years. Um, yeah, he called me up one night and I just finished a run and he was like, hey, man, what are you doing? I was like, uh, you know, just got back home. He's like, yeah, can you be at Center Staging, which is a rehearsal facility here in Southern California? And I was like, yeah, I could be there. He's like, hey, I got Kendrick, who's looking for a monitor guy. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's, let's make it happen. Let's go. And yeah, nice. rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. His shows are awesome, man. Like, I've not, obviously, I've not been to one myself as much as I'd, I'd love to. I keep missing him when he's in London. But, um, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, they're pretty electric, pretty, pretty big um, spectacles. Um, I'm just curious to know kind of like what's your, I mean, we'll come on to the, the technical stuff in a moment, you know, your workflow and stuff, but what's kind of like your general approach when you get into a venue to mix a Kendrick show? Um, is it quite a sort of smooth setup, easy process? And is there anything you sort of have to particularly focus on in the, in the mix um, for, for, you know, different aspects of his performance? Yeah. Are you talking about like from the beginning or are you talking about just how it is now? Just generally now. It's, yeah. It's, like, it's okay. 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 Like yeah. It's ramped up. Like in the beginning, it, I was, can imagine. it was definitely a different story, but yeah. I mean, generally now, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's just listening to like what the room is doing and listening to the PA and how it's hung and where my, you know, line arrays are cutting off, you know, where my audience mics are. I mean, cause Kendrick is a person who likes a, you know, a dynamic mix. He likes to hear, the crowd, you know, he likes to hear that participation. He also likes to hear all the live musicians. I mean, cause it's not a typical hip hop gig. You know, there are musicians playing every single part orchestras you know, in the yeah. band. Yeah. 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 And the things that they can play are in tracks and we're running <laughs> tons of those tracks to be able to recreate those little pieces that the band can't play. But I mean, the band is playing everything. So he wants to hear all those pieces live. And so it's really just listening to the room, listening to the PA, listening to my response, you know, checking on him, seeing how he's doing, you know, are we in the middle of a four in a row, five in a row, six in a row, how many interviews has he done, you know? Yeah, yeah. I have to push him, you know, just just kind of gauging, you know, how he's feeling, how the room is going to play to me and all that, so. Yeah, so was it a bit more basic then? You you said when you first started working with him, say, five, six years ago, was it a little oh, bit more? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Our, our production was not as you see it is now. I mean, it was it was very, very small. You know, we had a the band, you know, myself, the front house engineer, lighting and video and security, and that was it. And that's how we rolled. I mean, literally getting on a plane <laughs> and going to all these places and showing up with no gear, rocking around with no gear, just walking in and hoping that your advance, you know, yeah, yeah. was was read and that, you know, the emails they said, yeah, we have it, you know, that they have it. But uh, in the beginning was was interesting. Everything, every day was a rodeo. It's like, yep, you know, hey guys, we got this, we don't have this, and we're going to make it work. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely changed <laughs> over the years. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, um, yeah I want to, uh, as I mentioned, I want to dive into your, uh, your setup a little bit. Um, because I know you you tend to use Digico consoles quite a lot out on the road. Um, yeah, yeah. How, how how long have you how long have you been using their desks for? Oh, since since the start. Since since the start, yeah. I um I met Titus uh, Valandi like in two thousand two, like right in the beginning, and uh, at that time it wasn't even didn't even say Digico, and it said soundtracks. <laughs> and um, I was working at the Universal Amphitheater at that time, and. I wasn't on the show that night, but my, my mentor, uh, 
Brian called me and he was like, Hey, there's this desk down here, man. I think you should show up and come check it out. And it was in the basement and drove all the way from my house down to the amphitheater and went down the basement and we're staring at it. You know, at that time it was a D one. And uh, we were like, you know, what is this? You know, look, it's all these lights and, you know, I've seen them in magazines, uh, just small little write-ups and we were trying to figure out how to patch it, you know, cause I mean, you know, we'd never seen anything like that before. These three screens and all these lights and this huge meter bridge. We're like, you know, what is this? How do we patch it? How do we get audio into it? You know, yeah. trying to plug a mic and try to figure out how to patch it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was 2002 was the, um, was my first experience with Digico and it was love at first sight. I haven't turned away since. <laughs> and what are you using now then? Are you on an, like an SD5 or an SD7 or? Oh, it's always SD7 okay. you know, for most of these shows because of the channel counts. Okay. You know, the channel counts and the uh, the buzz counts. Yeah. Our channels are like 105, 106. Yeah, insane, isn't it? You know, yeah. with like, yeah, 30 mixes. So it, it, it has to be on an SD7 every time. So yeah. that's been the console choice for quite a long time. Become kind of like your go-to then in that sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Quantum. And then the Quantum the last year was my yeah. first, yeah, first tour with the Quantum with uh, Jennifer Lopez uh, and... I was like, after that, I was like, yeah, there's, there's no, I can't do anything. There's else no going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How does, I was going to come on to features, obviously quantum they added, um, last year. Um, mm-hmm. what kind of like, obviously you've got like the snapshot and the macros and everything. Um, oh, yeah. what, what kind Tons. of like your kind of, I guess your go-to features in terms of, um, obviously you've got like the speed and the layout and everything and how it mm-hmm. kind of enhances your, your workflow, I guess. How, how does it do that in, in that sense? Well, you know, with like a normal SD7, you know, you're, you've got tons of features. You've got, you know, so many different options and, you know, high channel count. So when you're doing ears, you know, wedges, side fills and, you know, different mixes for band members, lighting, pyro, you know, everybody wants a specific EQ. So you find yourself duplicating a lot of channels to give that dynamic, you know, for what each person is looking for in their mix. And then, you know, you come to the quantum and it's like, oh, nodal processing i can just start manipulating all these channels but keep them all the same and just have you know this nice little window pop up and i can okay that's for my drums okay that's for kendrick okay that's for the wedges okay that's for you know jennifer and it's for the dancers you know all these different things come to play and it just makes it so much easier to make changes you know for individual people without creating all these various channels that you're trying to find and you know get to when there's an issue is it easy to do that on the fly as well? Like you say, if you run into an issue, oh, yeah. you can just, yeah. Yeah. As soon as you select and you solo, you know, you set up in your options to where it shows up for that channel on your master screen and you can see exactly what's happening and who, you know, who, who's this, who this, this channel was going to for that particular mix and that EQ, that compression, whatever it is, it shows right up as soon as you solo it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people say they like the layout as well of the SD7. Obviously the, I think it's, uh, has it got it's got three screens right hasn't it three the, screens yeah. yeah three screens um, yeah so does that is that quite nice you know easy to just drop things in and and play around oh absolutely yeah i mean when you when you have a show where you have you know like say 30 mixes and you need that extra layer of faders you know with the se 7 you have the two uh fader banks on the master screen which is a lifesaver, you know, <laughs> instead of having to layer through and find different things or use, you know, aux to layer on the screen, it really helps to be able to see all those channels to be able to immediately when people are asking for things, you know, immediately you can, I got enough, you know, faders in front of me to 
hit that mix, hit that mix and make these changes on the fly very quickly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, in terms of for Kendrick, um, kind of going back to his, his setup, uh, talk me through kind of like your typical setup process. We touched on this briefly already. Um, what would kind of be your particular, your, your specific approach on the SD seven, if you, you're mixing a, a Kendrick show and, um, again, what's the kind of things you sort of need to focus on, um, when it comes to the mix, like vocally or, um, the backing tracks or the, the, the orchestra or. Well, I mean, it, it, it really starts with, uh, the band and making sure that the band is sitting, you know, properly, you know, where I need them to be, you know, making sure that, um, that they can actually feel what's happening because, uh, a lot of the runs in the first, like, three legs the band was actually off stage okay and so they were you know just right next to me so each band member had a nice sub and you know monitors where they can see but it was making sure that they were dialed in and everything is exactly the way they needed it because they weren't on stage so they were kind of missing that energy so i was trying to creating that energy side stage with subs and you know some other things just to make sure they can feel what was happening Versus, you know, Kendrick was on a full stage by himself, you know, with a couple of dancers and this massive side fills and monitors and all that stuff to fill it. So it was really just making sure they were dialed in and that they were comfortable with, you know, what was happening that day. I mean, because every day would change. The footprint was never the same. So yeah, yeah. it was trying to understand the relationship between, you know, the bass cabinet and the guitar cabinet and, you know, looking at, you know, how we're going to angle this and angle that and, you know, making sure this mic isn't, you know, bleeding and all that. So it was... Every day was a <laughs> an experience, you know, with the stage <laughs> manager and front of house and, you know, myself and all the backline techs trying to figure out how we could properly, you know, get everything in there properly and have it, you know, to where everybody was happy. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it depends on the venue you're playing as well, doesn't it? It all kind of hangs on that as well. Um, the kind of size, size of the venue and the yeah and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah cool. Uh, in what in what respect? I, I'm not sure what sort of PA um, Kendrick uses, but to what extent do you feel like the the SD7 really kind of complements the rest of the the rest of the setup and and kind of um, just really like makes everything gel together nicely? Because obviously working monitors, you're essentially making everything gel together, and like you say, making everything fit inside the mix nicely. To what yeah. extent do you feel the SD7 does that? Oh, it's it's absolutely imperative, you know, that you're using an SE7 for that kind of show because um, you have so many stereo channels, you know, with like, you know, little orchestra hits and flutes and different things like that. And so being able to create space, you know, with the stereo channel, with the width and being able to just move things around in the mix without completely butchering everything, just to give everything its own space is definitely key. Um you know, using like, you know, the, the, the tube, you know, emulators on the console and multi-band compression, you know, having that available on every single channel is like, it's night and day, you know, being able to get that, create that, you know, that warm sound on the guitar, you know, when it's not a warm, you know, output that's happening and yeah. something is crapping out or it's just not a good day, you know, you can dial that in and make that happen and create that on the fly. Um, and then just, I mean, the amount of snapshots, you know, that you have for all these songs, you know, we would go into these crazy just uh, transitions, you know, where 
everybody has to hear what's happening. And it's like, you know, you're, you're creating these, you know, these intricate settings, you know, with these nice time releases so that it's not sliming in a nice little fade, but, you know, giving it to where pyro is not missing their cue to where, you know, automation is not missing its cue, you know, cause we had toasters and elevators. And <laughs> I mean, there's a B stage and there was all kinds of stuff happening. You know, lighting had intricate stuff. We had, it was just, you know, it's a lot. So it's, it gives you that flexibility and talkback mics. That's what I failed to mention on Kendrick's gig. I mean, I have probably about 18 different talkback mics. Oh, wow. Okay. And so being able to mix all those talkback mics and create, you know, destinations for each musician, each uh, MD lighting automation, pyro, all these people to be able to hear and be able to call and talk to one another and integrate intercom as well is, I mean, I haven't been able to do it or anything else. I mean, the SC7 just makes it all easy. Yeah. It's like, oh, you need me to do that? I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. You want to listen to him? Okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just easy yeah. to to do everything, really, I guess. Absolutely, it it, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Have you, I guess, uh, having used the desks for, for pretty much the whole time you've been um, in the kind of music game, um, you must have built up a bit of a relationship with the, the guys and girls at Digico uh over the years does does that does that kind of help when you kind of you know run into issues or you know if you just need some support or something like that um is that quite a quite a nice uh a nice thing absolutely absolutely um you know early in my career when i started off i was you know heavily invested with another company based on the companies that i work for and you know, it was like, you know, dealing with their support was a whole other thing. It was like a sterile, you know, okay, you can call this number and maybe I get somebody and then you kind of explain. But with Digico, and I guess I'm I'm kind of, you know, lucky that I had a relationship. Also, Titus was my neighbor for like, oh, good, wow. like okay. six years. So I could literally <laughs> walk to his house. <laughs> that's on, that's where I saw the SD7 for the first time with right. Marco. Right, right. He probably said, hey, I got this desk. You should come check it out. You know, it's in my living room, so I walked yeah. down and saw the SC7. But just across the board, I mean, being in the States, being overseas, you know, I can call Mark, you know, I can call Jab, I can call uh, I can call James, I can call Wade, I can call any of these guys, you know, when I'm having an issue or a power supply or just uh, they say they don't have it. It's like they say they don't have this console in this country. You know, we're in going to the Ukraine. It's like, no, no, so-and-so has it. You know, definitely they have it. You know, it, it, it's it's like calling your best friend and asking them for advice or whatever, you know, we really have that really have a great relationship. And I noticed that other people that I've, I've, been, I've become like the Digico evangelist since I've, you know, started in the industry and I've always proclaimed, you know, Digico's the best or the best, you know, yeah. everybody's yeah. great, you know, support is great. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have definitely seen that, you know, yeah. and yeah. it's just, it's like a big like clubhouse, you know, everybody is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. yeah. Are you um obviously you, you mentioned that uh you've been you've been doing some shows some live stream stuff um kind of the last few months um mm-hmm. while show you know live gigs haven't been um, taking place but are you is there plans I don't, I don't know if you've if there are plans in place um for tours next year for for Kendrick for um for Scissor, you know J Lo like I don't know when when is the next time that you might get out on the road? Cause you, you might, you must be quite missing it as well at the moment. Like, yeah, I, I am missing it. It, it, it's definitely, I haven't been home this long in 
years. That's ages, what that's what a lot long, of people keep saying to it's me. Been it's like a yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's when you looked at our our calendar before this all happened, it was like you know I was I'm supposed to be going right now. I'm supposed to be in Europe right now. You know, doing stuff. And it's I'm definitely missing it. But I've been enjoying the time I've been home. I've been able to see my family. You know, you know my daughter. I would have a lot of times I I miss her birthday or coming in, flying in on her birthday. And so, you know, it's just been great to be home, but I'm definitely missing it. But right now there's nothing scheduled right now that I've seen, you know, that's hard on the calendars. And, you know, yeah. I've talked to bus companies because they normally get the stuff first. And I'm like, hey, you know, hey, we we booked any buses, <laughs> you know, has anybody reached <laughs> out, any agents? Have they said any? No, nothing. So okay. it's it's looking like it's going to be probably end of 2021 as far as what I, the people I've spoken to. Yeah. I think that that's yeah. probably going to be the case. Um, yeah. Fourth quarter 2021. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. while you've still got these bits and pieces going on at the moment, you know, you've got the church stuff as backup. Um, mm-hmm. It's all cool. You know, like obviously it's, uh, it's uh, really uncertain times, you know, it's just like play it by ear at the moment, see what happens. Right. But it's right. good that uh, it's good to hear that you've been keeping busy um, and kind of yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's been good. I mean, and it, it's been great to be able to use a digital console too. You know, <laughs> again, you know, this first yeah uh, big thing yeah. I did. You know, it was like yeah, it's like yep, yeah, I need an SD nine. You know, and got my SD nine and had to you know all these things I've had to track. So it's really just me doing monitors, doing front of house, doing recording because you know it's just one person and yeah, yeah, I've been doing all of it and uh, you know using my Digigrade MGB, you know, going to my computer and tracking all these different sessions, and it's it's just nonstop, you know. Like I got something tomorrow, you know, at at SIR, so it's cool. it's it's been great, and it's all been with you know SD nine, SD twelve, and SD ten. It's generally been like what we've been using lately for these shows. Okay, yeah. awesome, awesome. Uh, I think that's a good place for us to leave it, Chris. Um, it's been uh, it's been really interesting hearing about what you've been up to recently. Uh, appreciate you taking the time out your morning to to talk to us. And um, thank you. Long may your busy schedule continue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. Knocking on wood, doing all that. Yeah, and you yeah. know, hopefully that you know that everybody is going to get that opportunity to get back out there and touch these desks and get out there and you know, give a nice little virtual fist bump to, you know, the colleagues and get out there because, you know, everybody's got to keep the faith and remain positive in spite of everything that's going on. And, and I mean, I'm a testament of that. You know, I'm thankful every day for what happens and try to share, you know, with everybody else that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree with you there, Chris. Completely agree. And um, yeah, great stuff. We'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. In the meantime, take care, stay safe. And uh, yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Cheers. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.